Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. It's the panel part of the program. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. Joining us in studio, Peter Tabbins, the NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth and their energy and climate change critic. Climate sure has changed, hasn't it, Peter? It's a cold day, John. Thank you. Uh, But I know you're going to warm everybody up here in the studio. I try every week. By your presence and uh, mission accomplished. Thank you for joining us. Joe Mehevick, former city councillor, currently lecturer at the University of Toronto Scarborough campus in urban studies. How's Joe? Joe's great. Good. It's been a good January and life is good and... Yeah. Wow, that's, that's eternal optimism, Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll make it through the rest of the month. What, one day to go after this one. Anthony Fury rounding out the panel, Post Media columnist and national comment editor. Anthony, good to have you on board. And you know, it's funny, whenever you introduce Peter, the, the wise guy in the back of my head always goes, you know, that's funny, because I'm a climate change critic, too. <laughs> you are, in a fashion. <laughs> Although you're not both... From the wrong side, Anthony, <laughs> clearly. Not singing from the same hymn sheet. Although I did read with interest a piece that you just filed for Post Media News... I'd referenced it quickly here with Mark Stein, who was on before you guys, uh, has to do with uh, the government announcing this morning uh, in a press conference what they're doing to combat fake news, disinformation and foreign interference in the upcoming federal election. Seven million dollars to fund workshops that aim to teach Canadians how to sort through potential disinformation, as well as critically assess online news reporting and editorials. Any more you can shed light on this one? I mean, this one seems... Almost Orwellian. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I still can't get over that one line I quoted where, yeah, they're going to fund all these different programs where I guess they sit people down and say, you see these columns, Fury's written, they're totally bogus, don't buy them. But we're just an apolitical, nonpartisan body here. I I mean, is it them just saying they want to let people know, hey, look, these Russian bots and and these uh, Chinese Politburo bots are uh, creating these total lies out there about how Justin Trudeau did this, that, and the other. Be wary of all of this. Well, okay, fine. I I still think, John, it's up to uh, uh, the public to do that for themselves, and I think it's up to uh, the the more mainstream media to say, no, folks, that isn't true. Uh, But they're not even clarifying that all they're doing is going after the Russian bots, the way they talk about critically assess editorials and online news. Well, heavens, we're all post-media, global, we're all doing online news now, so what on earth does this mean? I think they need to clarify what they mean by terms like fake news. And the other odd thing is they're setting up this, this panel of senior bureaucrats who, during the election, John, if there's some fake news out there, they might make a public announcement, a public press conference to condemn the fake news. Well, okay. Uh, in this regard, I mean, we just joked off the top that both of you are climate change critics, not necessarily singing off the same hymn sheet. So if you've got the official party in play, and let's just say, uh, theoretically, it was yours. Very highly speculative here, Peter. But, oh, but very uh, hopeful, John. Okay. Keep going. So Anthony Fury <laughs> writes a piece that may be, uh, you know, critical of uh, the climate change received wisdom that, uh, you know, you're propagating, or even, you know, something that would suggest the oil sands are 
uh, not, or, you know, something that needs to be developed and so on and so forth. But the people in power see it another way. Isn't that a dangerous development? We've got somebody now in a, a governmental department that wants to start editorializing here? Well, I, I was very concerned about this. And even though Anthony and I disagree about most things, like what time it is, et cetera, <laughs> um, the idea that the Liberals will be deciding what's real news and what's not real news is got to be a concern. The idea that we need to fight fake news, I don't have a problem with that. There were some of the things that happened in the American election in 2016, this accusation that Hillary Clinton was running a child sex ring out of a pizza parlor in Washington. Yeah, but who, what reasonable person believed that? Um, well, apparently someone who was unreasonable went and shot up the pizza parlor. So there is stuff that goes out there when people think that it's news, they will often uh, act on that. What I do think we need to do, if you're going to be looking at this issue, is you need to have all parties buying into it. You need guidelines on that. The idea that the Liberal Party just on its own would decide how they're going to do this doesn't doesn't cut it with me. I think that's really bad news, and people across Canada should be concerned about that. All right, Joe Mahavik, let me ask you, uh, what appropriate filters would you put on if we've got to be shielded from fake news? Uh, somebody there is going to point this out for us. you think that's appropriate? Well, uh, I do think that in light of what happened in the United States and what is happening globally in so many countries, that we do need some check on that. The question then is, the secondary question is, is what, who are the people, what are the right structures to manage that, uh, to avoid uh, not differentiating between opinions which can, which can be strongly held and things that are actually lies and falsehoods. There, that is a reality out there in the electoral world. Um, so I, I quite agree that what we need to make sure is, is that all parties agree on the terms of reference and that the people who actually assess whether something is fake news or foreign interference, that they have broad buy-in by the public and, frankly, by the three, four, five political parties that are engaged in the federal election. Wow. It's going to be interesting as to uh, how we really uh, get granular on this because there has been foreign interference. We were just talking about, you know, the whole climate front, and uh, then you've got the oil sands out there, these people like the Rockefellers, the Tide Foundation. I mean, they've been doing their best to undermine or subvert. These are fifth columnists, effectively, Anthony. Is that fake news? Spin? What is that? I, I think granular is right, because it all depends on the actual instance and who's doing what and when. I mean, sometimes the Russian bots are telling the story, oh, Hillary Clinton actually won, uh, actually lost the popular vote. And I remember I saw that for about a day back in 2016. But then, you know, I didn't need Anderson Cooper to come on air and say, that is not, in fact, correct. I just, we just kind of figured it out and all went away. Other times, what we have is these bots uh, amplify news. So there's a bad story about Trudeau or Andrew Scheer or whatnot, and they, they amplify it. Well, okay, like it's still real news. They've created some fake Twitter accounts. Does the government really actually need to do anything about that? I don't know. I mean, my problem is the whole thing holds the general public in contempt. I mean, all the people who email me in across the country and folks who listen to the show and everything, I mean, they're all pretty smart people. So I, I, I don't know why there's this idea that you need uh, the government to come down and help you figure this out. Yeah. But, I, but I think the other side of it, and, and here again, I have to say, I'm very cautious about this, and I don't like the idea of one party saying we're going to set the, the boundaries the rules for all of this. But they promised uh, it would be nonpartisan. Yeah. Later. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah. I'm sure. But you and I both believe that, right, Anthony? Um, so I think people have to be very cautious here. But there are a lot of people out there who don't follow news closely. Their lives are really busy. That's simply the reality. They see the headlines and they move on. And when you have foreign actors coming in and spreading 
really atrocious lies that undermine the kind of free debate that you need in elections in a democratic society, then it's something that we should be guarding against. You've got Twitter and Facebook that I think should be looking more closely at how they are used by foreign powers to undermine democratic norms in well, it's not always countries foreign like powers. Canada. They're guilty themselves of uh, the way they position certain news and editorializing. I mean, uh, that's another filter if you want to get very, very granular on it. Uh, who is policing these people who are ostensibly policing the news that they're uh, serving up? I wanted to move on. I mean, it's an interesting read. Anthony Fury filed it uh, with Post Media News. He's one of our panelists, along with Peter Tabbins and Joe Mahevic, former city councilor. By the way, did you give up your free parking pass? Because this is another story that was drawn to my attention. <laughs> do you still have your free parking No, I do not have a free parking pass. <laughs> all right, because uh, some city councilors, I guess all city councilors, still getting free parking passes. Does that make sense to you? Well, it, it actually does. I think the average that they are spending on these passes, if you go backwards, is somewhere between three and $400. Uh, the cost to process, if I do something for city business and I pay my money in that parking meter or in a, in a pan display uh, kind of thing, um, is going to exceed the cost of that parking pass. It's just easier. And given the amount of hours that city councillors put in and saying, is this for pleasure or is this for business, I think it's just simply administratively more efficient uh, just to say between three and four hundred dollars times twenty five it's it's not the big perk that that I think is being made that it is being made out to be I see well times twenty five counselors, but it extends beyond that it's a uh, folks- minus the administrative cost if you go a different way. All it's right. not easy to process these kinds of things in a big bureaucracy. Okay. Well, Peter Tabbins, by the way, you get free parking at the legislature? I do, but I don't have a car, so... <laughs> he <laughs> so, sublets it. Yeah, I was going to say... Yeah, uh, no, no, I'm not subletting <laughs> it. Anthony, now that's fake news, my friend. <laughs> Scalp that right there. All right. Uh, enough said. I wanted to come back and talk about affordable housing. That's another gem that's being discussed at various levels of government, and uh, what's the best way to approach that in a rational fashion? We'll get to it with our panel and more topics worthy of discussion in a moment. Peter Tabbins, Anthony Fury, Joe Mahavik on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.